Hallelujah. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the calling of, on your people for, for fellowship, for worship, and for outreach. Hallelujah. What a life. What a joyful life we have. Bless your word now to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So, as we continue Matthew's, uh, the Great Awakening, Matthew style, this morning, part four, we're going to be talking about the great co-mission. It is typically called in Christian circles for, for centuries, actually, the Great Commission, uh, referring to the last chapter of the book of Matthew, where he says, where Jesus says to go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. That's a commissioning of his disciples. But really, what it really means is a co-mission, that God's ministry is continuing. Jesus' ministry that he did on this earth is continuing through a church baptized in the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And as Miguel so um, articulately shared, the, um, the expectation that we have... Uh, uh, we will see even greater miracles than Jesus, according to the promise of Jesus, than Jesus himself did, both in terms of numbers and in terms of quality. And he who, he who raised the dead could raise the dead through the church. It's happening all over the world. It could happen through our, through our ministry. And it's just as easy for Jesus to raise the dead as it is to, to, to cure the common, common cold or your, or your, you know, your neck ache, ache today. It's uh, an expectation and anticipation of God at work, the co-mission. He's doing his thing, we're hitching our trailer to his truck, and we're going along for the ride. We're going to focus this morning on the second major teaching section of Matthew. We're not, we're not going verse by verse through the whole book. It would take us several years to get through Matthew that way. We're theming it. It's going to be about 12 talks, I think, altogether. But Matthew experienced a great awakening in his own life, from, a, from an IRS worker to a disciple. Just his, he just got wrecked for God. And he was called to minister in and around Jerusalem for about 40 years till Jerusalem fell in AD 70. He taught the church there. He faced the same Pharisaic, Sadducee, religious spirit that Jesus did. But in, the, in that whole context, the revival of the book of Acts continued through Matthew's ministry and through others' ministry. And uh, he, he felt to call the, the, the Jews for Jesus that were Jesus' people in the first century around Jerusalem to realize that the blessing of God of Abraham, the blessing of God on, from, on, on the all that Moses stood for, all that King David stood for, all the blessing, the promises of the Old Testament are completely and absolutely fulfilled in Jesus Christ and that the favor and anointing and goodness of God poured out on them is not being poured out on them anymore because of their biology or their, or their um, genetics, because they're Jews. They're being poured out because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And there was a call, and a clarion call from the Apostle Matthew to the Jewish people 
to say, not only are you to celebrate the blessings of, of all the Old Testament that are fulfilled in Jesus beyond um, measure in your own lives, but you have an obligation. You have a mission, not only to be committed to the person of the Lord Jesus in worship, not only committed to each other in fellowship, but to be absolutely and 100% committed to the cause of Jesus in mission. All of you guys are called not only to reach more Jews for Jesus, Matthew says to his, his church, but to reach out and say, every single one of you Gentiles could be a Jew today. Not because you obey the law or are circumcised, but because you have the, every promise of Abraham, King David, Moses, and all the prophets. You have a target on your back that is the blessing of God and continuity and the salvation of history from Genesis to Revelation. Not just you guys generally, but you guys spe specifically. Yes, even you. You get the blessings of God on your life. You are part of the people of God. You are no less part of the people of God than, than, the, than, the, than God's people, the Jews. We're all in through Jesus. The promise is to, is to Abraham and his seed, who is Jesus. So if we're in Jesus, man, watch out. It's better than you think. It's way better than you think. It's infinitely better than you think. I think when we get to heaven, we're just going to sit down for a few minutes. Say, oh my gosh, it was way better than I thought. And it is. Talk about in infinite blessings. The Great Commission is to be taken very seriously to reach the world for Christ in our generation. Every generation has a calling to do their very best to reach the whole world. Not just the disciples. You know, Jesus, you know, we can identify with one of three groups. Raise your hand if you want to identify with the Pharisees, Sadducees, and hyper-religious lawyers. I'm not going to say raise your hand because some of you might for the next one. <laughs> the multitudes that just follow Jesus around. There's three types of people. There's the religious people that are against Jesus. There's the multitudes that liked his words, that were happy to say, oh, that was a good sermon. Let's go hear another one next Sunday. And then there were those that said, man, I'm all in. I'm a disciple. I'm going to be a disciple. And Matthew says, make disciples. What I am, Matthew says, that's what God wants to do in your life. So everything that the disciples experienced as apostles, God wants fully operated in an apostolic culture, which is in your home and in here in our church fellowship and so many other places. Matthew 28, verse 19, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And lo, what does lo mean? Everybody say lo. Lo. That means like, behold or look at this. This is important. Pay attention to what's to follow. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Unless they are slacking off in their attention, he says, even to the end of the age, amen. Listen up. It's for you. Do you think we have reached the end of the age yet? Jesus Christ is fully with us. No less than with the disciples the three years that he walked the earth with them. It's by his spirit. But we don't have any less of Jesus than than they did. And the behold I am with you always is a promise to you personally for your life journey. You know, we are among those that can never be satisfied with what the world says is valuable. You are among those as the blood-bought ones that have the Spirit of God that there will always be a sense of loss and lacking no matter what kind of material blessing you have or success you have in your business or in your career. No matter how much you enjoy your family, there will always, 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 it will never be something that will fully, fully meet the deepest need of your heart. There's one thing that will meet the deepest need of your heart. And you know what it is. Jesus on the inside. Jesus Christ, the hope of glory. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory for yourself and everybody else. There's something so deeply satisfying about the person of Jesus and fellowshipping with others who who have been anchored to a person, the person of the Lord Jesus. And to... Be all in for his cause. Something about it that satisfies like nothing else can satisfy. And boy, does it satisfy. At the same time, if we're satisfied, it's like eating something good. It stirs you up for more. Just give me another helping, please. I'm satisfied, but yet I want more. Well, that's for evangelists. Dan, you know, you're just preaching this because you're an evangelist about the cause of Christ. That's what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You can't fool me. I submit to you that I'm preaching it because it's in the Bible. Those who were scattered after the persecution of Stephen, the apostles stayed in Jerusalem those that were scattered, says all those that were scattered, they went everywhere preaching. They all did. Well, I haven't taken an evangelism course, and I'm not ever going to go with you, Dan. That is a deep commitment of my deepest heart. Out. Yeah, some of you are thinking that. I want to give you, I want to tell you, you know, you don't have to take an evangelism course. There's no evangelism course in the Bible. Sometimes we make things too, too difficult. Just heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, drive out demons. That's the co-laboring. That's, a, that's the co, co-commission. You know, That's the co-mission with Jesus. He does that part. Your job is to say one line. The kingdom of heaven is 
at hand. Or any variation of that. I want to submit to you that your particular calling could be how you came to Christ. Were you invited to church? And you got saved at a church meeting? Then invite someone to church. Did you read a track? Get some tracks. Did, did a friend share the gospel with you? Share the gospel best you can. You bumble along, God will fill it. In your weakness, God will fill it and, and you'll, you'll win soul. Just to ha- share with them scriptures that were shared with you. It's way easier than we think. Matthew 10, 1. I, wanna, I want to... Uh, the second teaching section of Matthew's gospel is um, the first being the Sermon on the Mount. There's five teaching sections, five major teaching sections, and we'll be looking at them. We've already talked about Sermon on the Mount uh, some. We're going to talk a bit about it today. But we're going to focus in on the second teaching section, which is the cause of Christ for global evangelism and our part in it. And so let's uh, go there now. We're not going to cover it fully, but we're going to hit a few, of, a few of the high points. And we're going to have some of the friends from, that went with us on Mission Oregon share. When uh, Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, Matthew 10, 1, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. These 12 Jesus sent out these 12 disciples, and we already committed to being a disciples. That means he's sending us out. And I'm not saying that you you have to have 100% healing for everyone you prayed for. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that the call of God is for us to try. It's up to him to do the miracle. It's up to us to have an atmosphere of faith and love. They go together. To take the commission personally means we each are called to press into faith for the seemingly impossible. But you know, it's great. It's a great way to live. Wouldn't you rather err on the side of expecting too much from God than too little? When God wanted to bless you, go like this. Smile when you go like this. <laughs> Good church. All right. I actually have six talking points. We've done an, a lengthy introduction and the, and the first one. So we're not going to be able to illustrate and talk fully about each of the others, but I want to cover the, the uh, commission. The second point of the commission, the uh, first one being the, the great commission is to be taken very, very personally. That means you. That means me. The second point, the great commission flows from a great connection to a very happy and joyful Savior. The great commission flows from a great connection. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when Jesus had called his 12 disciples to him, there's always first a call to the person of Jesus. 
And out of, out of the, the call to a, a, the person of Jesus, there is a contagious Jesus joy that he shares with us. I think of, as we rewind to chapter 5 of Matthew, that Sermon on the Mount. Jesus went up on the mountain and, and he called his disciple, disciples to him and he taught them Blessed, blessed, blessed. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the peacemakers. Greek word for blessed is happy. So Jesus is basically saying to his disciples, happy, 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 happy. Do you think he said that with a frown? I think that as he was saying happy, 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 he was an impartation of an anointing, the anointing that was on Jesus the anointing of joy above his brothers, he imparted to the people in, that were listening to him. And sure enough, if we implement those values in our inner world, living our lives from the inside out, not, not just outwardly, but those values only work in happiness when we're in the presence of Jesus Christ, the happy God, who is imparting continually his happiness and joy to us. There's this miraculous dimension. And I love it that Matthew 5, with all this happiness talk, morphs into this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Whatever you do, out of my presence and my power, the works that you do, not everybody, but... Many, many people will glorify God and praise God because of the Holy Spirit anointed works that you're doing. And you'll draw more and more people to to Jesus because of the presence you're carrying. Hallelujah. Question. How do you think the church in America is doing on the happiness scale? Are we known for our crazy happiness? I submit to you that would be God's plan. And if, if, we're not, if we're not primarily known by our crazy happiness, joy, as opposed to our political positions, I'm not saying not to have political, I'm not saying not to have political positions. I'm just saying what are we primarily known for? Then we, then we, we need to repent as a nation Get happy. And that comes from his presence. One of the wonderful things that happened at Mission Oregon was at the University of Oregon in Eugene on Friday where we found ourselves ministering in a, in a, at a university where there were 2,000 athletes visiting for a few days from 200 countries. So we had the honor, uh, our team had the honor of praying with someone from Ukraine to be saved, from some, uh, someone from India to be saved. We had the, plus all, you know, all the, their support personnel too talking and witnessing to people from other countries that were just there for a few days. It was really trippy. 
But you know what I noticed about the people from Africa? The revival in Africa has affected the athletics there. You could see the Spirit of God on, on so many of them. I'd say, I would even go so far as to say as everyone I talked to from Africa was already born again and Spirit-filled. And it, got, it was so trippy that I found myself, the first, like one, one gal, the first thing I said to her, I said, I truly did. I said, young lady, you're a woman of great destiny, blessing God's favors on you. You're going to do mighty things for Jesus. She beamed. She said, I know. <laughs> I walked on, she walked on. That's all I said to her. <laughs> you can see the Spirit of God on these people. Beautiful. I don't want the world to think of us as being sour. Someone said, for instance, with regard to Puritans, a Puritan is a group of religious people who are deathly afraid that there might be someone somewhere who is having a good time. And I, I don't want the world to think of us that way. So let's get our joy on, okay? There's a guy named Richard Allen that is a, uh, he, was the, he was a slave in the United States in 1830, something happened to him. He gives his testimony, I'm going to read a bit of it talk a bit about it just momentarily here. Richard Allen says, I was born in the year of our Lord, 1760, a slave to Benjamin Chu of Philadelphia. My mother and father and four children of us were sold into Delaware State, where I lived to be upwards of 20 years old. And at that age, I was spiritually awakened. And I saw myself to be poor, wretched, undone, and lost. Shortly after, I obtained mercy through the blood of Christ. My dungeon shook, my chains flew off, and glory to God, my soul was filled. I went rejoicing, rejoicing for several days, and was very, very happy in the Lord. I was then constrained to go from house to house to tell people what a dear Savior I had found. And I asked my master if a preacher could come and preach to our whole house. And he said, yes, and I'm going to paraphrase, he got good saved, and he let all the slaves go. Let all the slaves go. And Richard Allen became, he just kept going, he kept preaching, he became the founder of the American Methodist Episcopal Church that grew to tens of thousands of on-fire, Holy Spirit-filled Jesus people. Happy. <laughs> Give a reason for the hope that lies within you, Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15. I don't think we have to memorize a bunch of apologetics. You can if you want. But every one of us can say, hey, I, I asked Jesus into my heart 10 years ago, and every day since I've had supernatural joy resonating in my inner world. That's the reason 
That's a reason, I believe. One, one reason. If you ever think about becoming a Christian, I want to encourage you to do it so you can have supernatural joy too. That was free. Toss that one in there for you. Okay, moving along quickly. The great commission is divinely directed. These 12, verse, chapter 10, verse 5, these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. That was then. That was during the ministry of Jesus. There was a specific focus. Now, during the time of Matthew, there was a specific focus. Jews and Gentiles, the nations. And, there, and everyone, every, every church has a, has a method of trying to reach out. Every individual has something to contribute. Know what it is and make sure you have time in your life that you give yourself to the cause of Christ at some level. Do something, okay? Four, the great commission is characterized by confident generosity. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Generosity, generosity, generosity. I'm going to come back to that one at the end. Five, the great commission is amply provided for. One of the great joys of my life has been to see how God miraculously provides for the needs of a church that is deeply committed to the cause of Christ. I'm not going to elaborate. I could, but I'm not going to elaborate now. I'll just say this much, that our mission Oregon costs $2,500, one individual, so, so behind that concept of us going to the colleges and universities of Oregon that they underwrote the whole thing. Six, the Great Commission is peaceful in the midst of storms. If we're going to wait... Okay, let's read the scripture first. Whatever city or town you enter, inquire who's in it is worthy and stay there till you go out. When you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. Behold, look at it, consider it. I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. We watched the Alone series on YouTube. And one of the things that really scares people when they're out there by themselves without any weapon is a pack of wolves. Therefore, be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. I think it's significant that Jesus talks about a supernatural peace that he gives us. He cares about our emotions. He cares about us living with sensitivity to his spirit in a way where we continually make a draw on his supernatural joy and peace. And we're always and evermore going to be in the midst of wolves. We always and evermore will have turbulence and upsetness as far as the culture at large is concerned. It's always going to happen. Just, we've just, if we're uncomfortable with that, we just need to get over being uncomfortable with that and always default to the supernatural peace and strength of Jesus. If someone cusses at us or puts us down, says something bad about us, don't own it. Default to the anointing of peace and forgive them. OK? 
Don't be afraid, Jesus says. And that's the most often repeated command in the Bible. I am with you, Jesus says. And that is the most often repeated promise in the Bible. Do not be afraid. I am with you. So, my friends, here it is. We didn't cover all we could, but we covered six areas that as a church, as a people, as individuals, these principles are at work as part of the teaching of being a disciple. The great commission with King Jesus is to be taken very personally. The great commission flows from a great connection with the happy one, the joyful one. The great commission is divinely directed for each of us. Yes, it is. He's guiding you, but he is guiding you. If he's saying he's not telling me to do anything for the cause of Christ, then you're not listening, he said with a smile on his face. The great commission is amply provided for, and it's characterized by a confident generosity, and it's marked by supernatural peace. If someone doesn't receive you, just let the peace, peace of Jesus come back. Just let it go. Freely you've received, freely give. Everybody that went on Mission Oregon, could you come up here? I'm just going just to have you say a word. There was 10 of us that went. Come on up, all the way up here and stand across the front. Freely receive, freely give. These guys sacrificed. They took their vacation time. They stopped their businesses for a while. They sacrificed to be able to go on this trip. I want to just honor them for that. And uh, they had some good experiences. So what you guys do your very best to give us the one-minute version of one thing that happened, just the top thing. Say your name and then. My name is Bonnie. <laughs> Most of you know me. Anyway, I was out there. This was my first Mission Oregon. I mean, I go out on Thursdays, but this was my first Mission Oregon. And one of the events that got me to Salvations was this one fella. We were kind of looking for a place to go, and I said, well, why don't we go over this way? And, and we went ahead and went that direction. David was with me. And we ran into this. He was probably about early 20s, something like that. And he, we were talking to him about God and everything. And he's, he spoke up and he goes, well, I can't go to heaven. And I says, well, why can't you go to heaven? He goes, I've sinned too much. I've done too much wrong. I can't do it. And we all know that's not right. That's not true. And we talked to him a little bit more and explained to him. And I told him, I says, I'm no angel. I've done stuff wrong. David's done stuff wrong. And, you know, we 
talked to him a little more, and he, he accepted Christ. And he was, it was great. <laughs> Hi, my name's Linda. I, um, I need just a moment. So I'm really thankful that I got the opportunity to come to uh, this mission. Um, I got to pray with a lot of people for a lot of different things. I got to pray with a lady that had a hurt leg because she fell off a horse. Got to pray for a homeless woman that had two children. Got to pray for a man. Somebody wanted us to pray for a man named David. He had a brain tumor. Got to pray for students that wanted good grades. Got to pray for a man that um, he didn't have a job, but he had a family, so we prayed for provision for him. Lots and lots of um, prayer out there. And though I didn't get to bring anybody to Christ this time, um, I know that there was a lot of seeds for all of us. We planted a lot of seeds, and I, go, I know that God's going to bless those seeds later, and it's going to bless them in their life. So, uh, I mean, the whole the whole trip was really cool to me. I liked it. But one thing in particular was here in Medford, the Walmart parking lot. Me and Dan walked up to a guy, and he was struggling with some demons, and we were able to pray for him and I think give him a positive outlook towards the, the reality that God's bigger than all that, and he can, you know, over this can will be overcome unfortunately i gave him he's not here today but i i still pray for him i know i know how that works the lord will find him where he can be and uh so that was really cool and then i didn't have to drive that was way cool <laughs> so well, uh, the awesome thing about sharing the gospel is it's not us, it's the message. And uh, it's amazing a lot of times when you're sharing with someone uh, because you don't know whether or not they're going to receive the Lord. But um, God is working in their hearts. And uh, so we were, we were blessed. I was blessed to be able to share at the last day, shared with someone else who received the Lord, but shared with a young man, and uh, he... Uh, he was very responsive, and uh, and so it was a it was a great blessing to to be able to share the good news and to have someone else welcome Jesus into their heart. So somewhere, I think in Corinthians, it says that one sows, another waters, and another comes along and harvests. And I got to see that for the first time uh, on this trip. Bonnie and I were talking to a young guy who wanted to receive Jesus, but he also had something holding him back. And he was listening very intently. He said he was raised religious, but he didn't really like that. And he uh, started to pray to receive Jesus after we talked. And I felt really good about it. But something happened, which almost never happens. He got right to the point where he said, he's supposed to say, you know, I invite Jesus into my heart. And he said, you know what, I don't want to do this. And just on the inside, you're just like, oh, no, no, don't make this choice. You know, you'll regret this for all eternity. But I actually thanked him for his honesty. I don't want you to pray to receive Jesus if you don't mean it. And we kept going. But I had this 
ache. And then I found out talking to my dad afterwards that uh, my dad's team had met the same guy. And whatever God did after he walked away, you know, sometimes you, you say no, then you're like, wait a minute, why did I say no? So they prayed with him to receive Jesus. And he, my dad said he really wanted to do it. He, he had an impression. He didn't know we had talked to him, you know, and he had an impression he wanted to do it. So that was just an amazing thing for me. Let's stand up. We're going to have uh, the team here will pray for people for healing or for salvation. If you don't know if you're going to heaven, this team's really good at helping people figure that out, how to make sure you're going to heaven. Just humbly say, hey, I'd like, I'd like to make sure I'm going to heaven. I want to walk the sawdust trail today. You might say, I want to be saved. If you want healing, the, the pastoral care team will be up here too, ministering healing, supernatural healing, power to you. I want to thank you for praying for Mission Oregon. We've either gone on one or two. We missed one or two years because of the pandemic. But for about eight years now or so or more, we've been going to the universities and colleges of Oregon. And this time, conservatively, we talked and shared the good news with 945 mostly young adults, mostly college-age kids. 945 in three days. These guys really worked hard. He prayed for healing, shared the good news, and there was 42 that prayed to be saved, humbly, often right in front of their friends, just humbly prayed to be saved. 42, what do you do for follow-up? Well, we don't call them, but we, we make them tell us who it is that's been praying for them. Who, the, what Christian friend in their life? About 80% can tell us the name of the person that's been praying for them. And a Christian friend they are, that they respect, we ask them to, to make them promise to text or call that person today. To, and we tell them that that friend will help disciple you to, into ever-increasing levels of supernatural joy and discipleship in Jesus. So, thank you for your prayers. It made a huge difference. Put your hand on your heart. Amen, Jesus. Amen to all these words. Amen for each one of us. And I feel like there's some today that have an ache in their heart for meaning and purpose, an ache in their heart for the fulfillment that I've been talking about. That can be yours today. So come forward and get connected to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus, whatever you need to do. Make Jesus your portion in the land of the living. Make Jesus your portion in the land of the living today. God bless you. We love you. God loves you. Walk with a smile on your face. You have the right to be happy with Jesus. Amen.